Happy National Oceans Month, everyone. Seems convenient that that happens in June. Interesting. This is Betsy, and here's what's in the vast expanse of the Popping Collars feed in the month of June 2022. Life's a Beach on this month's Popping Collars. We're once again picking songs for our annual Pop and Playlist. It's the only summer mixtape you'll need while lounging by the water. We'll also be deep diving on the canon when our all-star panel draft their favorite documentary movies. Greg and I are fishing for the best movies from 30 years ago on Going on 30. This month, we're looking back at my own private Idaho. Finally, The Sacred Six sails into port as Dan, Jocelyn, Simitowski, and Greg wrap up their conversation about baseball and sacraments with a poignant story of D. Gordon's home run in remembrance of his friend, Jose Fernandez. Thanks for surfing the internet waves with our Deep Blue podcast. And remember to keep those life vests on and keep those collars popped. Hi there. This is Reverend Eric Matoyer from the Episcopal Diocese of California. I am the Director of Multicultural Ministries, and you are listening to Poppin' Collars. I'm a gonna raise a fuss, I'm a gonna raise a holler. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Popping Collars, the podcast that hawks its wares at the intersection of religion and pop culture. Uh, my name is Ricardo Avila. I am one of your co-hosts, and with me are my other co-hosts, who are, we are the Fantastic Four, I believe, and uh, we begin with introductions with Liz Easton. Liz, tell us what's going on. Who are you? Oh my gosh. Hey, Ricardo. I'm Liz Easton. I'm the canon to the ordinary of the Diocese of Nebraska. I'm also the chair of General Convention Legislative Committee on Committees and Commissions, which I say not to brag, but because the title of that committee sounds like a Saturday Night Live sketch, and I'm having so much fun with it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Also with me uh, is another co-host of ours, Betsy Carmody. Betsy, tell us how you're doing. Well, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Listener, I've had I've had pneumonia. So I'm still coughing a little bit. It won't be bad. I'm 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 hot on the mute button. It'll be fine. You know, summer is summer is here, which means a boarding school campus is real quiet where I am here out in Alexandria at the Episcopal High School, where I serve as chaplain. So I'm kind of going to my dormant state, into my cryogenic deprivation tank of summer to try to rejuvenate and come back stronger come late August, early September. Thank you, Betsy. Also with me is our other co-host, Greg Knight. Greg, tell us how you are. Ricardo. I'm doing, I'm doing good. I'm um, down here in uh, Palm Beach, Florida at the church of Bethesda by the sea, where I'm the associate for Christian formation. What's going on? I am hawking travel, Ricardo, because I am a couple of weeks out from traveling to Spain and walking 72 miles and then deciding that's not enough. Let me walk 500 more (laughs) and you'll get to hear all about it on the Sacred Six podcast, which is going to feature the Camino experience. So um, so anyway, yeah, so my Camino trip, uh, which has been delayed for the last two years due to COVID is now in the offing. So it's very exciting times. Yes. Well, thank you, Greg. Well, good luck with that. Um, all those, all those ways of being sated spiritually, culinarily, and otherwise. I, I don't think I introduced myself at the top of the pod. Uh, my name is Ricardo Avila. Ricardo Avila at, uh, what am I? I'm the rector at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Los Gatos, California. So uh, speaking of hawking, Today's episode is uh, is sort of a back by popular demand episode. Last year, we debuted um, an episode called Popping Playlists, where each of us choose, chose Choose-ed. four songs and talked about them uh, and highlighted one of them and let you know why we love these songs and this music. And, you know, you all loved it so much that we're back again to talk to you some more with four different songs each. So, without further ado, because I have run out of things to say, uh, let's begin our Popping Playlist 2022 episode. So, our listeners may remember that this is not a bag episode. 
where we choose names. This is a Betsy's favorite wheel episode. Greg, I got to tell you, at exam presentations, so I have my students and anybody out there as a teacher can rip this off. They, um, for their final exam, they write a gospel and they have a Messiah figure coming to Episcopal High School and they have the Messiah comes and focuses on an issue. So they have to do a birth narrative, a miracle, a transfiguration, an ethical teaching, a parable, a arrest trial and execution. So my kids, when we were in class trying to decide who would present first. Someone's like, oh, there's this wheel that you can. <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> the wheel will not steer us wrong, Ricardo. I promise. <laughs> Perfect. Betsy's on mute now, or we would hear an earful. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Let's see. Oh, wait. It spun really fast. It spun no. to Ricardo. Ooh, Ricardo. Start. Up first. All right. Uh, song number one. I thought I'd start us on a, on a cheerful note. My first pick is a song called Holland 1945. Two, one, two, three, four. And it's by a band called Neutral Milk Hotel, uh, about whom I know very little, but I looked them up and uh, Jeff Mangum was the lead singer and probably the kind of the creative force behind the band. Uh, but they had, a, they had an amazing album or CD in 1998 called In the Aeroplane Over the Sea. And this song, Holland 1945, comes from that, came out in 1998. And um, I love the song because it's very, it's kind of riotous and percussive, and there's like trombones, and he's shouting the lyrics, and it's just this fast song, but it's also very melodic. But what I love most about the song is what it's about. So Jeff Mangum never read Anne Frank's Diary of a Young Girl in high school. He read it like as an adult and he was so obsessed with it that he uh, would dream about her and uh, kind of get depressed and want to save her. And so some of the songs on the airplane over the sea have, have Anne Frank stuff woven through the songs. So for example, in uh, the opening lyrics of this song, the only girl I've ever loved was born with roses in her eyes, but then they buried her alive one evening, 1945, with just her sister at her side. And only weeks before the guns all came and rained on everyone. Now she's a little boy in Spain, playing pianos filled with flames on empty rings around the sun, all sing to say my dream has come. It's just this morbid, intense, weird, mm. but um, Anne Frank and her sister uh, did not die in Holland in 1945. They died at Bergen-Belsen in 1945, just a couple of months before it was liberated. But he was obsessed with this, and he sort of fell in love with her in a, in a weird way. Dang. One of my favorite songs is off that same album, Two-Headed Boy, which is would be another great song to just belt out in karaoke. Okay. All right. Bending the wheel. Again, it is... A much longer spin this time. Me. Hey. <laughs> wow. That took way longer than the first time. I think what my theme was for the songs that I chose is just that. It's the times where I actively sought out a song in my life. And so I'm kicking things off with Prince and the new power generation off of the Love Symbol album from 1992. This is a song called The Morning Papers. He realized that she was new to love. Which is a pretty little song as long as you maybe don't pay attention to the lyrics. Like, you know, Prince is a kind of a problematic guy when it comes to lyrics sometimes. But what stands out to me about this album is that this was the very first cassette that I bought that had the parental advisory label. On it, which, if you're a Gen X kid, was a very big deal. Um, the parental advisory label actually came about because of Prince. It was because uh, Tipper Gore was listening to Purple Rain. Actually, her daughter was listening to Purple Rain. And Darling Nikki came on and she was like, what in the world? <laughs> and so from then on, uh, starting in the 90s, um, all of these sort of, you know, quote unquote, problematic uh, albums had to get this uh, sticker slapped on them, which made them infinitely more appealing. So the morning papers. Nice. Thank you, Grace. Nice. Thank you, Prince. 
Uh, it's a good thing that uh, Tipper Gore's daughter wasn't listening to one of those earlier albums of Prince's. <laughs> Even the titles I can't say on this podcast. <laughs> Who's next? What does the wheel wisely tell us? All right. The wheel is spinning again, and the wheel has landed on... Whoa, it was very close, but it has chosen Betsy for number three. All right. So, okay. So my songs, they are all songs that have ended up on this playlist that I have on Spotify called COVID. And so they're all songs that have come to me that start, you know, maybe it might might have been sparked by a memory during this time or something I've watched on television or a movie and they've ended up on this playlist. So it's it's a very random situation. So I'm going to start with actually the song that was most recently added to the playlist. And that is New York by St. Vincent. New York is in New York without you, love. I've listened to St. Vincent some on and off, but um, I had not heard this song before. Like, so maybe I like haven't listened to their stuff enough, but, but I'm watching that show on on apple plus we crashed about we work and this song comes up at this pivotal moment in the show when like it's all falling apart and you know i love the song because it's essentially like a breakup song yeah i've lost a hero i've lost a friend but for you darling i do it all again the use of the song and and then being in new york city and all of that it was just it was, it was it was just well done well done soundtrack put her together for this show made me made me go and look up the soundtrack just to kind of see all the different songs that they picked for this and it does have a curse word in it it is explicit I, advisory lyric or i do see an <laughs> e here on spotify because e <laughs> i can't imagine listening to the song edit as a radio edit but anyway it'll be great <laughs> betsy uh you you have an audible account right audible Yes, audible. I do. You know, there's a St. Vincent like 90 minute kind of interview with songs Ooh. interwoven. Uh, I just listened to that a couple weeks ago and it's Ooh. good. And New York. Oh, I did that. Features, uh, that song features in it. Ooh, good. Okay, awesome. Uh, spinning again. Will it choose Liz? We don't know. Wait, so it might not choose me? It may not choose you. But spoiler alert, it did choose you, Liz. Did it really? <laughs> you are. The wheel is you are number four. How fun. Okay. So I did not, my songs did not reveal a theme. I picked a theme for my songs. My ministry is kind of like a constant road trip. So I'm often curating playlists as I go. And um, what makes this unusual is that I have a partner in ministry who is of a different generation than I am, different taste generally. So to find music that we both agree on has been a process and that basically like my, my um, lens through which I picked these songs were many, many, many years from now, if I hear this song, will I see a Nebraska highway in my head? You know what I mean? Like what will be the songs that bring me back to this time in my life and this ministry that I love. But the first one I'm going to pick is um, highway 20 ride by the Zach Brown band. So we both like country music, but not all of the same country music. <laughs> so that has been a deal. And um, the Zach Brown Band, if you're not familiar with them, they are a very popular country group, but they have, um, I think, kind of incredible musicianship, including um, really beautiful, beautiful harmonies. And the song Highway 20 Ride is about a... Um, a man telling his child whom he doesn't have custody of sort of the story of why he doesn't have custody and what it means for him to take this trip along highway 20 to pick up his son every other week or whatever it is and what that means to him it's really a beautiful story and it's a story that's not often told in music about divorce and parenting um but the meta aspect of it for me is that there is a really really beautiful highway 20 in nebraska that we drive a lot so i'll put on that song sometimes when we're driving on that highway and it's just a beautiful little country song so highway 20 ride by zach brown band by the way this may sound macabre so i'll probably cut this out 
but the funeral director for my stepdad's funeral, Zach Brown, was his name. I was like, you're not really Zach Brown. Like, I know that's your name, but you're not. <laughs> I love it. You didn't say that to him, did you? No, no. But uh, also, my mom has a workout buddy who showed up at the funeral whose name is Tom Petty. Tom Petty is your mom's workout buddy. <laughs> And by the I mean, way, I, I am going to leave about this the in the real podcast. Tom Petty, I'm just trying to imagine yeah. that your mom has a workout buddy. Yeah. And yeah. he's a gentleman her age. Yeah. Named Tom Petty. Named Tom Petty. And I am going to leave this in the podcast because Tom Petty may be our number one fan. He listens to everything. Oh, really? Loves them. Hey, Tom Petty. Hey, Tom Petty. Uh, t-shirt all the time. So. No way. Shout out to Tom Petty. Hey, Tom. You don't have to live like a refugee. <laughs> Okay, the wheel is spinning. Forever. The wheel has landed on Liz Easton again. You get two oh in a row. Wow. Didn't expect that. Okay, so second artist that the Bishop of Nebraska and I can agree on on long road trips is shockingly, did I didn't even see this coming, Gordon Lightfoot. Let me reach out, love and touch you. I really love Gordon Lightfoot. I think my parents liked him. So maybe we listened to him a little bit growing up. So we listened to all of the normal kind of Gordon Lightfoot hits. But the song I'm going to pick is more significant from my um, earlier interest in Gordon Lightfoot. It's one of my very favorite songs that almost nobody knows. And it's called Shadows. And I think if I ever get married, I would want some version of that to be my wedding song. This is Shadows by Gordon Lightfoot. Won't you reach out, love, and touch me? Let me hold you for a while. I've been all around the world, and I long to see you smile. There's a shadow on the moon, and the waters here below do not shine the way they should. And I love you just in case you didn't know. Let it go. So I think it's it's a not well-known Gordon Lightfoot song. It's been covered well, especially by, like, kind of roots and Americana bands. Um, it's very pretty. Shadows by Gordon Lightfoot. Wow. You know, when I was in uh, when I was in my kind of gay heyday before I lost my cool in 2005 and went to seminary in 2007, there was a, there was a great dance remix of "If You Could Read My Mind." Yeah, I love that song. It, oh, it's Johnny hard. Cash covered it, and it was tremendous. But yeah, yeah. It, it's a great song. I mean, it, it's great sort of it, you can you can do things with it. You can make it dance. You can make it Johnny Cash. You can. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Here we go. Think, the wheel has chosen Liz for a third time in a row. Whoa! <laughs> wow. wow. You're just getting... Yeah, I told you. Well, this wheel, it messes with you. It does. There's a lot of pressure from you. The wheel is sort of tapped into Liz. Yeah. And now the wheel is intrigued. Like, the okay. wheel is like, <laughs> what is happening? Okay. So I'm going to tell my third one is going to be the one that has a slightly longer story attached to it. And it's not a story about me. It's just a really great story about this song. And another artist that the Bishop of Nebraska and I can agree on is Cat Stevens. This is by, in a weird way, both Cat Stevens and Yusuf Islam, because it's the I'm going to talk about a re-recording. And the song is Father and Son. You're still young. That's your fault. There's so much you have to know Find a girl, settle down If you want, you can marry Look at me, I am old, but I'm happy I was once like Are you guys familiar with this song? Absolutely. Oh man, so beautiful. So I had heard it many, many, many times until it before somebody told me you know this song was originally written as part of a stage musical that he was writing and once you know that you hear it as a broadway song like you can picture it on stage and the story as i understand it is that before cat stevens ever had a record deal and forgive me i'm going to call him cat stevens for this thing his name is yusuf islam but for our listeners and for the original recording of this song, he, for our purposes, he's Cat Stevens. So he was working on this musical about the Russian revolution. And um, this was before he had a record deal. And this was one of the songs that he wrote. And the story that he imagines, the conflict is that um, 
there's a boy who wants to join the revolution and his father is saying, don't do it. Like, stay here, fall in love, like have a good life. Like you don't have to do this. And the son is saying, if he would only understand why I have to fight for this cause that I believe in. Um, and it's this really beautiful generational conversation. That's very, um, tense in a familiar way between uh, parent and child, but also really loving and respectful and kind of hard. So fast forward to the year 2020 COVID, if you recall, He's working with his own son and his son is like, here's, I have a crazy idea. Why don't you re-release father and son? And we'll take a live recording of you singing the son's part when you were 22 years old. And you will now at 72 years old, sing the father's part. It's always been the same, same old story. From the moment I could talk, I was ordered to listen, now there's a way And I know that I have to go away I know I have to go And they do it, and the recording is beautiful, and it is an older, more mature Cat Stevens voice singing to his younger self, and his younger self responding to him as an older man. I mean, it is really, really moving. And there's a lot in there, like his own complicated relationship with his father, who always loved him, but never entirely got what he was doing, never really seemed to take a whole lot of interest in it. Cat Stevens says that now, and this is probably true for all of us as we get older, when he hears his 72-year-old voice, record it. Mm-hmm. He hears his father's voice. Mm-hmm. And so here he is in conversation with his young self. I'm really glad that you chose this list because of all of us, the one thing that I always associate with you and your ministry in Nebraska is the sense of like caring for generations, like the way that you hold these little churches you travel out to these places and you care for them and you're up and down the road. And it just, it's always like shows forth on this podcast. There's another chapter coming after us, just like there was a chapter that came before us. And like it, like even this pick sort of speaks to that. And I think that that's, I think that that's really cool. Thank you. I do. I love perspective. That's always really moving to me. What's the world clamoring for a Russian revolution musical? I mean, come on. Isn't that weird? I know. Well, and if he was writing it way back when, and if it's pro-Russian, was it pro-Russian revolution? I have no idea. I could see the funding being a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Read the room, cat. (laughs) Everyone wants to read the Cold War. He's like, yeah, you know, he's like, but he's already beyond it. He's already beyond it because it can't see (laughs) it. It's Cat yeah. Here we go. Will the wheel pick Liz for a record fourth time in a row? It's very exciting. <laughs> uh, no, it has opted for Betsy instead. Betsy, get our next pick. So my next song I'm going to do is a song by John Hyatt. I've been sleeping for some hours. Just this song I chose because during the pandemic, my parents celebrated their wedding anniversary, which is the 27th of December. They got married in the church, still decked out for Christmas, and they used all the flowers, which was very smart. And so so we did a dinner because it was, you know, we weren't going to all go out to dinner because it was kind of the height of Omicron. And so we stayed, we were all at my sister's house in Durham. And so we decided to have a karaoke night. And so everybody got to pick whatever they wanted to sing. And so my... At the time, she was four. My four-year-old niece said she wanted to sing this song called Proud and High or Low and Humble. And I'm trying to find this song. I have no idea what she's talking about. My sister's in the other room dealing with something else. And so she comes back in. And I'm like, I cannot find this song that your daughter wants to sing. And she's like, oh, it's John Hyatt before I go. And I'm like, oh. She's like, yeah, we play it in the car and we drive around. And she sings it all the time. And it's a, this song about kind of I stumble, I fall, but I keep pushing, I keep going. You know, I have many miles before I go and there's there's still work to do. And it's kind of this looking up the mountain and knowing that it's all not going to be easy, but that I'm, I'm going to do it. You know, I will try, I will stumble, 
And so there she is up there singing, and she would, and I'm sorry, listeners, you can't see me, but ever she'd go, proud and high, and she'd raise her hands over her head, and then she, low and humble, she'd go down and almost touch her knees with her hands. <laughs> and so it was, it was really, really great. It also has a beautiful mandolin on it. It's a really lovely song. I, I have to say, any four-year-old that's up there at karaoke has a bright future ahead of Has a bright future ahead <laughs> For of sure. The wheel has chosen me. Yay! Song number two. And uh, since we've had so many Liz picks, I'm going to pick something that I know Liz would probably like. It's a Pearl Jam song. In keeping with this theme of songs that I chose uh, when I was younger, Yellow Ledbetter was one of those songs that wasn't on a Pearl Jam uh, album. It wasn't on 10. It wasn't on verses. Uh, if you wanted to listen to the song, you had to go out and find a CD single of Jeremy and Yellow Ledbetter would be the B side. And if you wanted to find the acoustic version of Yellow Ledbetter, you had to find something even more obscure than that. This idea of like hunting down songs of like digging through CD racks in, you know, little uh, CD shops. It was this adventure. It was like you were you were on the hunt for this one song and how were you going to find it? Because every time it came on the radio, it was amazing, right? Uh, so Yellow Ledbetter is mine. Uh, it's my, my white whale that I was in search of uh, for many of my teenage years. So. Have you all, have anyone, have any of you seen Pearl Jam in concert? I have Chicago yeah. in the early 90s. Him oh, jumping wow. off stuff, like the whole thing. Back when they were fighting Ticketmaster. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. All right. I'm spinning. Here I go. Will it pick Ricardo? No, it picked Betsy again. Pick me again. <laughs> I got to get some water, but I'm hearing. I'm listening. All right. So now comes the song that you're probably going to skip when you play the playlist. Aww. Because it's super moody, super atmospheric. It's, is it Enya? It, it is not, but it is <laughs> it is an Icelandic composer. Oh. His name is Johan Johansson. Super original name. It's Icelandic, probably. Yeah. Right, probably. There's there are accents on it. He's an Icelandic composer who has written a wide array of different pieces for theater, dance, TV, film. You know, you're in COVID, you're at your house. Yeah, there's there is sometimes a mood that is that is going on, right? And for me, this song, the song is called uh, "Flight from the City," and it reminds me of all of the like I thought about it again when I watched Station Eleven. Like, you know, in these kind of post-apocalyptic genres of media, there's this element where it's like, well, we either are staying where we are or we're leaving. Like, we have to kind of make a choice. And there's a melancholy that's always a present about that moment. And I keep thinking that it's from Aquafina's movie Farewell, The Farewell, mm-hmm. when her grandmother's dying, but they're not telling her she's dying. And I really love it. It's a mixture, beautiful mixture of piano and violin and it's just it 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 is a song that and, and I did this on the last playlist too. Night swimming was my drive in the car in the dark with the with the let with the windows down. This one is that for me. This is my this is my nighttime drive song. I have to say, Betsy. So listeners, uh, this is a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, <laughs> we had some of these songs ahead of time so we could check them out, and I was playing our little list uh, on a drive through San Francisco in traffic today. And this song came on and it just calmed me down. Ooh, and nice. It was great. And you know, it's 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 very minimalist. It's sort of repetitive yes. and but yet it's not it sort of grows on you. It's not like boring. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just it, it got me through traffic going north on 19th Avenue at noon today. And um I also thought, you know, this is a sort of music at a hospital bedside in a movie, you know. Mm beautiful we're we're you know connecting in this deep way and the music was i think it's a beautiful song i love it i will not skip it i'm glad you like it thank you ricardo i appreciate it 
everything. I love it. You know what else I love is the wheel. <laughs> oh, Go back God. to the wheel. Who doesn't love the wheel? I don't. <laughs> oh, the wheel finally picked you again, Ricardo. Oh. Hey. <laughs> After that, I maybe the wheel did not like my first pick. Anyway, this, this also is sort of a, it's not my big story, but there's a story behind this. I had a friend from college named Joe Schroffnagel, actually, and I barely knew him. Ran into him again when he was on Facebook, and he has amazing taste in music. And he would put out these um, these sort of playlists to friends, and there was a song on there that I loved. And this happened, there was like one song on every playlist. The song I want to highlight is called Me and Magdalena. And it's by the monkeys. And it's, yes, the monkeys you know and have heard oh. of before. Me and Magdalena, we're driving south through Monterey. To finish off the Joe part of it, uh, he had a heart condition. And, you know, he was full of life. He lived in New York and had all these friends. He lived in L.A. and had all these friends. And then he had to go back to Wisconsin because he was sick. He had this really, and, then, and he died. He actually, he died like a couple of years ago, but he left behind all this beautiful music that I still have and I think of him. And this was from him. And um, I don't know where he finds these things, but the Monkees uh, started as a band, as you know, in 1966. And in 2016, Rhino Records decided they wanted to do like a 50th anniversary of the Monkees. So they got some um, contemporary songwriters together to write new songs for the Monkees. And so people like Rivers Cuomo from Weezer, Andy Partridge from XTC, Noel Gallagher from Oasis, they wrote these songs. But Me and Magdalena was written by Ben Gibbard of Death Cab for Cutie. And it's this beautiful kind of haunting, wistful song. And so to me, it's like, it's about the present. I've never loved anyone or any moment as much as I do now. I know you've had pain in your life in the past that bring, is brought to bear in this moment, but everything will be recovered and be okay in the future. So I just think that transience of life, but accepted and it's okay. And it's his beautiful song by Ben Gibbard and Michael Nesmith is singing it. And it's also about them being around for 50 years. So this whole thing of like the past, the present, the future, and this, and my friend Joe, this gift of like, we get to have music to kind of get us through and perfect moments every once in a while. So. Me and Magdalena, I love it. And it's by the monkeys. It does not sound like the monkeys. Um, but the monkeys always, like, that's what was always great about the monkeys is like, they always had that thing to them, right? So like, yeah, the monkeys had the TV show and right. yeah, they had the Neil Diamond songs and all of that stuff. They but can play they to the play, kids. Play the good play a movie like Head with Jack Nicholson that's just like so crazy and so like artsy and out there and stuff like the monkeys always had that other gear that they could go into those I, I don't know I, I think they're great so that's uh, that's my second pick me and Magdalena who's next well next Ricardo I'm glad you asked the wheel has decided will be me and this is a good time for me to tell you about a band called Gorillas. <laughs> Slow it down some, no split clown bum, your old hit sound dumb, hold it now, crown them. My pick is a song called November Has Come by Gorillas on what I would say is probably their best album in my mind, which is Demon Days that came out in 2005. Uh, Gorillas are the last band that I swore to myself I would buy all of their albums no matter what. Like, you have these bands sometimes that hit you for whatever reason. For Betsy, it's like U2, for instance, right? And Gorillaz was probably the last band for me that I was like, you know what? I'm all in. Whatever you guys have, uh, hit me with it. Um, because it's just... They're just so, like, every song is so different. And even the band itself, like, is it Damon Albarn? Is it, you know, four cartoon characters? You know, like, what is it? Like, you can never sort of nail it down. And what I love about November Has Come is that it features MF Doom. You, uh, yeah, MF Doom, I've heard described as, like, your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. 
but it's it's just a joy to see like how castoffs from like the Brit pop days of blur and stuff are able to piece together dance and hip hop and Miyazaki inspired music videos and just create this mishmash that seems like it shouldn't go together, but it goes together so perfectly well. So in tribute to MF Doom and in tribute to a great band, Gorillaz, I'm picking November Has Come. I love that album. It's so weird to think of that it came out only two years before we were at seminary. That mm-hmm. makes me feel old. But they're like, yeah, I have bands that are just like, you know, if they tour, I will go. And that I will buy those tickets, whatever they cost. All right. Have we all gone three times at this point? I've gone twice. Oh, well, then it's a good thing. The wheel just picked you for a third time, Ricardo. I don't know if I ever talked about this in a previous podcast, but I did like a a nine-day retreat in Carmel at a retreat house that was um, affiliated with All Saints Episcopal Church in Carmel. Beautiful little cottage, just wonderful. By the way, totally recommend it if you ever. It's great. While I was there, I had to, I stayed some extra days. I was sick. I was looking around for new music to listen to. And this Elton John album came up, the lockdown sessions, right? That was just recent. He is a duet with Dua Lipa, if I'm saying that correctly. You are saying that correctly. Okay. And so, but the, the last song on the CD was um, a duet with Glenn Campbell, which sort of threw me because uh-huh. I thought, Glenn Campbell died in like 2017, uh, but it's called "I'm Not Gonna Miss You." I'm still here, but yet I'm gone. I don't play. And so I listened to the lyrics, and it they're kind of harsh. It's like you know, I'm here, but I'm gone, and I'm not gonna miss you. And I thought it's a it's a good song. It's beautiful, but it's got that harsh twist at the end uh, of each uh, of each verse. Uh, so then. I'm looking around and it turns out it was originally a Glenn Campbell song. And the it was not about like, you know, jilting a lover. It was completely different. It was about Glenn Campbell and Alzheimer's. Uh, he got Alzheimer's and I believe that's what he died from. Ugh. They made a documentary of his final tour. So the documentary is called I'll Be Me. And it's footage of him in his final concert tour. And I'm, I'm assuming I haven't seen it that he has some forgetfulness and stuff in in the in the in the documentary. But the song is "I'm Not Gonna Miss You," and uh, he got the idea for writing it. It's the last song he ever recorded, is what I hear. He he was you know people around him were worried because he was getting sick, etc. And he said to someone, "I don't know what everybody's worried about. It's not like I'm gonna miss anyone anyway." Mm. From that kernel. You know, because I'll be gone, right? From that kernel, he got this beautiful song. And again, I'm going to just read a little lyrics. I'm still here, but yet I'm gone. I don't play guitar or sing my songs. They never defined who I am. The man that loves you till the end. You're the last person I will love. You're the last face I will recall. And best of all, I'm not going to miss you. Not going to miss you. It's hence. He's laying it out there. It hurts. It's a painful song, but it's beautifully sung. This is just how it is. He, that's the amazing thing about the documentary. It's more than him just being forgetful. I mean, he is in like the very end stages of Alzheimer's. He's not, he's barely functioning. And um, so there, it was very controversial that his family would have him do this final tour. And they were really gentle with him and made it as safe as they could. But what was amazing, and I'm sure you all have seen this with musicians too, like in congregations who are near the end of life or who have dementia, like it, he didn't forget that. So they would walk him out on stage and hand him a guitar and he would start playing Wichita Line Man. And it was like, perfect. But he couldn't hold a conversation. Okay. okay. Wow. Good <laughs> choice. We each have one more choice left, I think, right? So we'll see who goes next. And it's you, Ricardo. <gasps> Two in a row. Go and your row. fourth and final pick. I feel like I come out strong at the end. Um, so this is the one I didn't prepare, and it's my longer story. And so I don't blame you if you just want to kind of go off and I'll just talk into the air. I was talking, I was 
talking about the retreat house in Carmel. And um, I take these classes with Stanford Continuing Studies Online. And there was a class on the songs and poetry of Leonard Cohen. And I thought, I want to take that. So I did. And um, I was in that retreat house long enough to have had two Zoom sessions with that class. And um, Leonard Cohen's career has spanned, you know, from the 60s to like the 2010s. I got to see him in concert once uh, right before he died. And he's phenomenal. I love his music. We've talked about him before on the podcast. Uh, He's just amazing. But I didn't know his later stuff. And so in those two Zoom classes, when I was at that retreat house, we talked about uh, his later CDs. One is called 10 New Songs. It's um, highly influenced by a woman that he met and was inspired by, and they wrote these songs and sang them together. Her name is Sharon Robinson. And so the song that I loved that we heard is called Alexandra Leaving. Do not choose a coward's explanation That hides behind the cause and the effect you who are bewildered by a meaning Whose code was broken, crucifix uncrossed Say goodbye to Alexandra leaving Then say goodbye to Alexandra Long So the song Alexander Leaving is basically on the on the surface about a guy who's losing his love. Uh, and so that's that's one aspect of it. But apparently the, the song Alexander Leaving that Leonard Cohen wrote is based on a poem by a guy named C.P. Cavafy, Constantine Peter Cavafy, a Greek poet from the early 20th century. And he wrote a poem. Okay, so this is where it gets weird. So just sit back for a second. Okay. C.P. Cavafy is a Greek poet from like the 1900s. And he had a fascination with kind of ancient Rome, ancient Greece, etc. He wrote a poem called The God Abandons Antony. And in that poem, he talks about a story from Plutarch's Five Lives, Five Roman Lives. And it's about Mark Antony, and Mark Antony dies in Alexandria. What happens is the night before he goes to battle, he has a dream or a vision. And Dionysus was his god, like that's my man, Dionysus. And he has a dream where he hears music outside, and he goes to the window, and it's Dionysus leaving Alexandria, which tells him you're going to lose and your, your time is up. It is said that on that night, near the middle of it, when the city was quiet and despondent, anxiously awaiting what was to come, the sound of all sorts of instruments was suddenly heard, and the roar of a crowd accompanied by joyous cries and satiric leapings, as if a tumultuous band of revelers revelers were leaving the city. They seemed to be making their way through the middle of the city to the gate that faced the enemy, and there the uproar became louder and then passed out. Those who sought to interpret the sign believed that the God whom Antony had always tried most to copy and imitate had now deserted him. But Cavafy took that poem or took that story and wrote a poem called The God Abandons Antony. He says, as if long prepared, as if full of courage, as is right for you who are worthy of such a city, go stand tall by the window and listen with feeling, but not with the pleas and whining of a coward. And hear the voices, your last pleasure, the exquisite instruments of that secret troop, and say goodbye to her, the Alexandria you are losing. And so Cavafy is basically saying, Antony, it's over, let go. Cavafy, when he's saying to Antony, your best days are over, Alexandria is gone. He's talking about his own life because he's older And he had these amazing times when he was young in Alexandria with all these young men. And it was the time of his life, you know, pluck it up, suck it up as if you're someone with courage and you've expected this for a long time. Just look out at the window at the joy that is leaving you 
and acknowledge that it was the best thing that ever happened to you. And now it's over. Leonard Cohen. <laughs> Thank you all for. So Leonard Cohen basically riffs a lot on the Kavafi poem, but he changes it to Alexandra, a woman. Suddenly the night has grown colder, the God of love preparing to depart. Alexandra hoisted on his shoulder. They slip between the centuries of the heart. As someone long prepared for the occasion in full command of every plan you wrecked. Do not choose a coward's explanation that hides behind the cause and the effect. Don't say, well, it wasn't that important to me. It meant the world to you. Those echoes of how life may pass you by, but face it and, I don't know, realize that when you had it, you were on top of the world. And maybe now you don't. Maybe things are gone. Just accept it. And maybe, maybe life's still not so bad. That's not in this. And I think about when I joke about how my cool life ended in 2005 or 2007, um, I do. I, I've said this before on podcasts. I, I feel this kind of, I have this sort of bitterness that I don't get to have the life I used to have before I went to seminary because we have to give up so much to be a priest for other people. The things that aren't yours anymore, you're not free. But, you know, stand by the window and say goodbye to it and know that you're still there. There's a transience in life. And the, the, the more gracefully you can accept that, the better, uh, the, the better you'll live the rest of your life. So, Alexander Leaving by Leonard Cohen, I think it's a beautiful song. It's a duet with Sharon Robinson uh, throughout. It's probably the song I've most listened to, like when Spotify does its little thing uh, in 2021. I love that. That's a great um, sermon. Ricardo, you touched on something that I think is really important. And I think it speaks to the power of music. We encounter it at a certain stage of our life. And so when we hear it moving forward, we're instantly sort of transported back to that stage of our life. In a lot of cases. I mean, not in every case, but in a lot of cases. And so that's where, you know, these songs become almost like siren calls of sort of our former self trying to beckon us back when we know it's impossible for us to go back, right? Um, we're only ever going to move forward. That's maybe what I appreciate about this episode, these two episodes that we've done so far, and I, I know that we'll do more in the future, is this idea that we can sort of hold these songs and treasure them for what they are, but also recognize that we're not going back to that place, just like you said, right? And how can you, how can you do that in sort of a responsible kind of grown up way, treasure these things from your past, but also recognize that they're, they're just that they're, they're trinkets from a life before. All right. Good job, Ricardo. I'm out of here. No. You're all done. You can sit back, listen to us, or you know, better yet, listen to Betsy talk about hey. her fourth and final thing. All right, all right. So, uh, my last song is uh, I believe it, it, the title is in French. Even though the song is not in French. It's Le Fleur, and it is by a singer songwriter. Her name is Mil- Minnie Ripperton. Will somebody wear me to the fair? You may have heard the song. It's been used in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. It was used in an episode of Atlanta. But she, as an individual, is is underrated, underappreciated. Born in Chicago. Um, wanted to kind of be like Dion Warwick and like wanted to kind of have this Dion Warwick Burt Bacharach sound in her music. Just, you know, she's just beautiful, just big Afro and just, you know, she's gorgeous. And so she was born in 1947, but she died in 1979 from metastatic breast cancer. So her, her career was kind of was cut short, but this song, I had never heard it before. And it was during COVID and we were hanging out in my friend um, Jeremy's backyard. And 
And this song comes on and it's cinematic. It's soaring things. I mean, it's just like, but it's all also just like an incredibly hopeful song, right? Ring all the bells, sing and tell the people everywhere that the flower has come. Light up the sky with your prayers of gladness and rejoice for the darkness is gone. Throw off your fears. Let your heart beat freely at the sign that a new time is born. And it took me in that moment and it just grabbed a hold of me. Just it's a beautiful song. And I, and I think I was actually responding initially to the instrumentation of it and then got into the lyric. Yeah. Lifle mini Ripperton. Uh, I can remember hearing her song, Loving You, the, you know, her mm-hmm. big hit, where she's got that whatever, six, seven, eight octave range. Oh, yeah. And um, we were at a gas station in Milwaukee filling up the car with gas at 16th and Forest Home Avenue. And the radio somehow was still on her. And uh, they announced that Minnie Ripperton had died. Mm. And we knew her because of that song. And then they played that song. And it's the first time that I've ever... Mm you know, her, you know, that, that situation where you hear someone's died and her voice is so beautiful and mm-hmm. loving you is just a beautiful song. And I think I cried, you know, it's like, I didn't know her well, but that young, you know, person dying with that beautiful voice and those beautiful lyrics. Yeah. She was only 31. Wait, am I wrong in thinking I'll cut this out if I'm wrong, but she's like the mom of, She's Maya Rudolph's mother. Maya Rudolph. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So I'll leave that in so that it makes me sound smart. Because you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, Greg. All right, Liz, it's down to you and me. Okay. Who's it going to be? Who will the wheel decide? Round and round. It's very close, but it has chosen me. <laughs> Which means, Liz, you'll be wrapping up. That's okay. I've got a short one. (laughs) Um, Okay. So my last pick in the songs that I chose is a song that I didn't choose. This song actually chose me. It's a song called Cleveland Summer Nights. I remember Cleveland Summer Nights Just a bunch of kids we could do no wrong And I'm particularly thinking of the version written and sung by Wink Burcham. Uh, Cleveland Summer Nights was a song that showed up at the end credits of an episode of Reservation Dogs, a show that Betsy and I loved. So, uh, so Cleveland, in this case, is not Cleveland, Ohio. It's Cleveland, Oklahoma. So it has a bit more of a country kind of feel to it. Um, I know Betsy's mentioned a couple of times already that sort of night driving. That's always just an evocative sort of teenage image to me, that idea of being out late uh, with your friends, trying to find, you know, wherever it is that you're going with no particular plan. And anyway, I, I picked it as my fourth pick because this was a song that that found me. I didn't go out looking for this song. This song just happened to show up at the end of the show. And when it came on, I was like, oh my God, that's it. That's what I've been trying to get my finger on because it's been a bad year (laughs) for me, you guys. Lots of things, family stuff and work stuff and discernment stuff. And all of it has sort of felt out of my control. It's not been anything that I would have chosen you know, what's helpful to me, and, and I'm grateful for your story earlier, Ricardo, is that it's not always about what we choose. 
You know, I wrote down in my notes here, I wrote down a, a statement saying, we don't do what we think we ought to do. We go where we're called to be. And I think that for as silly as it sounds, this song was a was a gift to me to remind me that I don't get to choose my destiny always. And at the end of the day, I know that those those Cleveland summer nights, those, you know, North Carolina summer nights, those Florida summer nights, all those things that we've that I've kind of um, been able to create a life around, those are still there, no matter what it is that I feel like I may have lost along the way. I'll never lose the memories and the experiences and the love that I've had up to this point. So Cleveland Summer Nights is my fourth song. It's a song that chose me. I've forgotten they'd used it in the, in the closer on that series. Yes. So yes. So yeah. So, I, I love the lyrics. They're evocative, you know, and, and having never been to either Cleveland myself, I've had a Cleveland, you know, the, the place where you had those memories and yeah. good for you. That, that That's the best music. The best music finds us when we need it. Totally. Totally. All right, Liz, you are closing out our playlist. So All right, last our- but not least, and I don't have a good story for this. I'm going to keep it real quick. Another artist that we can agree on in the mobile office is Elton John. And I had never heard this song until I started doing this ministry, and it's uh, Burn Down the Mission. You tell me there's an angel in your tree. No, it's it's on Tumbleweed Connection. It's great. It's just a great kind of funky rock and roll song. And um, I am just sure that if I ever hear that song in the future, I will picture some dark country road in Nebraska (laughs) and um, watching for deer. And uh, it's a great, (laughs) it's just a great song. I love Elton John pretty much all the time. Um, And it's fun when you discover something from his catalog that you'd never heard before. It's a great 70s pop rock song is it about burning down missions yes but it is like like the old you know historic california missions but it's not um i i'm sure it was written by bernie toppin based on like the that time in elton john's life and as you all know those bernie toppin songs don't make a lot of sense no they do not you know at, at least in a narrative way so there's a lot of like huh (laughs) when you listen to it I'm sure that you could do lots and lots of um, exegesis on the lyrics I have not bothered to do that but uh, it's just a good song (laughs) Crocodile Rock is very clear I I don't know what I don't know what you're all missing like literal (laughs) would you like to know the songs that uh, Spotify suggests for us based on the ones that we picked Yes. Oh yeah. What, yeah. What's what do we got? Well, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatters is number one. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, Spotify, actually, just so you know. <laughs> but a lot of Bob Dylan, "These oh. Days" by Jackson Brown. That's a great song. Uh, it's going to be living... all white dudes. Is it going to be all white dudes <laughs> in the recommendation? I think so. The only living boy in New York. Yeah. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. So I think I think it's it. We've tapped into a folk playlist. I Okay, so I'll do the outro? Sure. All right, you know, I always mess this up. We'll help you. Yeah, we're here. We're here for backup. Well, that is another episode of Popping Collars. We hope you have enjoyed it, and we hope you're going to run out to Spotify and listen to our playlist. Now you'll have the background information on all these songs as if you had your own liner notes. Make your own playlist, you know? Think about music, and what does it mean in your life? Uh, It's the soundtrack to our day-to-day living. Uh, Okay, let us know what you think. Do they do that still? Let us know what you think. Send us an email. If you like our songs, if you hate our songs, well, that's not nice. You don't have to tell us that. Uh, But you can email us at uh, poppingcollars podcast podcast at gmail.com at gmail.com and we will read all your emails and respond promptly. Uh, You can also find us Uh, anywhere you found what you're listening to right now, as well as places like Stitcher and the Episcopal Cafe, which, by the way, we love Episcopal Cafe. Oh, I thought you were going to go the other way, which is that it's not Episcopal Cafe anymore. What? What happened? Did they rebrand? 
Wow, Swerve, it is EpiscopalJournal.org. We Whoa. are on EpiscopalJournal.org. Fancy. <laughs> Pretty fancy out there, EpiscopalJournal.org. Oh. Are we still there? Are we still on them? <laughs> we are. We are. It is the Episcopal Journal and Cafe. You heard it here first. Uh, you can find us at the Episcopal Journal and Cafe.org. <laughs> Let me put in one one quick plug, Ricardo, which is that if you want to find this playlist, you can do so on our website. There's a tab at the top of the homepage. Just click on that, and uh, drop down menu will show you show you the way to our Spotify playlist, Popping Playlist 2022. That's right, and that's at poppingcollarspodcast.com. That's correct. Our website so, address has not changed. <laughs> okay, good. Popping collars journaling. <laughs> Okay, well, I think that's it. I think we've said what we needed to say. And uh, with that, I would just like to say uh, thank you for joining us. And especially thank you, Betsy. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Greg, for sharing your great musical taste with all of us. And in the meantime, keep those collars popped. Pop, pop, pop. (laughs) Yay, good job. Great job, Ricardo. Thank you. Searching for the small town thrill of a Cleveland summer night. You know I'm gonna get it right. The big moon shining bright on a Cleveland summer night.